Howdy, Jamsters. How's your Sunday going? Or maybe you're listening to this Monday. How's your Monday going? Well, it's probably a little bit better than the Phoenix Suns as they lose to the Milwaukee Bucks, the first game of a four-game road trip on a Sunday afternoon affair, a game that started at 11 a.m. Arizona time, ultimately ends in defeat. And it's just what everyone signed up for, right, Matthew? KD, Giannis, on the bench, in street clothes. <laughs> yeah, but you can see how well-matched these teams are without them. I mean, they're pretty even. Uh, they are. Just the toughness, um, the defense. I mean, back and forth, they're both hanging with each other. And then you're like, well, with Giannis and KD coming back, who has the edge? I don't know, because those are like number one, number two best players in the league right now when they're healthy. Um, so this, this is a battle, dude. Every game in the finals is going to be a battle again. If you're thinking that. Well, that's what everyone's thinking. Is is this potentially a NBA Finals preview? Because it could be. Milwaukee is a team with this victory over the Suns that have won 14 consecutive games. They're now 16-3 and since the return of Chris Middleton, which is a vital player to their success. And you saw it again today. He wasn't overly involved, but he does enough, and he makes some of those tough shots. He's the third guy that they need. Now with the addition of Kevin Durant, you know, we, we have a big three, if you will. So it'll be interesting to see if this does become a finals uh, matchup again, right? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's tough because that year where we had the chance to beat them, you know, going up 2-0, you think like, wow, this Suns team is just, they're, they can't lose anybody. But now it's like you keep thinking about all these teams, including the Bucks. It's like, who who's going to be an easy beat? It's going to be tough. No one. Either in the West or whoever we face in the East in the finals, if we make it there. But even like these teams out West, it's going to be so hard for the Suns team. Uh, the matchups, the defense, the way these teams are, if they're healthy, it's going to be it's going to be a battle for the Suns, no matter who they face. Even if you're facing the Celtics, like I just nothing's going to be easy. It's going to be a long like you, summer, man. And like you said, even getting out of the West is going to be tough. And I yeah. like how average Joe shooting who's hanging out in the chat. Thank you to everyone who's hanging out in the chat. We appreciate it. Hit a thumbs up while you're here. He says, I care that we lost, but I'm not freaking out that we lost. We had a few chances to win in the end. Could have gone either way. And I agree with what Average Joe says there. I'm not – I care that we lost because we it was right there. We were up seven, you know, six, eight points in the fourth quarter. You let that slip away. Two big Jay Crowder threes obviously hurts your feelings a little bit. But what I saw from this team was mental toughness, grit, determination after a very, very poor first half. So I can't walk away from this one. I'll tell you this. When we played the Boston Celtics earlier in the season and we just got obliterated, that hurt more, in my personal opinion, than this did. Because this one, we're going toe with a team that, in my personal opinion, and by the the records and the standings in the NBA, is the best team in the NBA. They're Granted, they're without Giannis, but this is a damn good team. They're the top defensive team in the NBA. And the Phoenix Suns had to fight, claw, and get to their spots and still make shots. And they did for the majority of this game. They just came up three points short. Yeah, and I mean, the Bucks are just, they know how to finish games. They're very cool and chill. You can even see in the beginning, the Suns had the yips. Uh, the Bucks yes. never really did. The, the Bucks did lose it there for a while, but then Jay hits the big threes that we talked about last pod, a couple of them. Mm -hmm. But I mean, they just never think they're going to lose. You can tell in their body language, the way they are on the bench, the way they get excited about things. They, they know they got this because they've won it already. So having that in their bag, they're like, I don't care what the score is going into the fourth. We're going to win this game. That's how they think, and that's what it. That's why it's so hard for a team like the Suns, who haven't won it yet, mm -hmm. to get over that hump and defeat a team that's just so comfortable in these situations. It's that championship confidence. That's what you mm -hmm. get when you know you'll never. Because, again, I mean, it, it was like, well, we'll talk about it. We'll talk. There's so much to talk about oh my in this game. So, there's a lot, yeah. So, so yeah. let's talk about it. Welcome, Jamsters, to the Suns Jam Session Podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, give us a review. If you're on Spotify, just hit the five stars. We appreciate that as well. We're up to 4.9 uh, out of five on Apple Podcasts. Oh, as far as were we at 4.8 before? We were. So Okay, because Spotify is five. So five, yeah, Spotify is five. Sure <laughs> yeah, so please don't, just give us thumbs up. We appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, you know, but again, Make sure that you enjoy this podcast. I know I'm going to enjoy it. Matthew, you going to enjoy this one? Oh, yeah, for sure, man. It's Sunday. It's beautiful out. Um, I'm just excited to have a day pod. A lot of energy yes. in day pods. <laughs> a, lot yes. of, a lot of good energy. Very awake. You know, when, when you have yeah. a night pod that starts at like 1030, almost 11 <laughs> o'clock at night, 
it's hard to get up for those, but this is like, I'm going to enjoy this podcast. I'm going to go to Lowe's afterwards. So if anyone's at Lowe's and you see me say hi, I'm going to go to Fry's afterwards. I, I, I don't know if I'm going to get to Home Depot. I don't know if I'm going to have enough, enough time. I was just going to say that. It's a happy little Sunday I got Frank lined up. Tank over I'm, huh? I'm going <laughs> to cook some chicken parmesan tonight. Like it's weird to do oh, a podcast. And I haven't even had lunch yet, but you know what? I'm going to have this in delicious diet Dr. Pepper. Pop them if you got them, Suns fans. If you're day drinking, cheers to you. Yeah. And uh, let's talk about this game against the Bucks, baby. Milwaukee Bucks in Milwaukee, as I mentioned, at the front end of a four-game road trip. And it brings me to my first question. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I got to ask. You know, the Suns in the first half go 17 of 51 from the field, 33%. They go 5 of 15 from beyond the arc, 33%. Do you think that they went in at halftime, had themselves some chorizo breakfast burritos cured that hangover because they came out in that second half and they looked much more engaged much more into it were you worried in the first half and were you pleased with what you saw in the second half yeah you know those those burritos after being hungover remember my 20s being you know hungover the next day getting those burritos and just feeling good the rest of the day because you always had those jitters the next morning the anxiety from the hangover so it seemed like they did because it seemed like uh chris paul trying to play his way his way out of the league in the first quarter by whatever the fuck he was doing out there it was nuts him and booker were just god awful to start this game (laughs) but that's why it's nice to have guys like a kogi in the lineup that are chill and they're just like i'm gonna play my game it's gonna keep us in this game uh because book um eight net times he did better he had a lot of good looking shots but chris paul like it's like, dude, so every big game we have, you guys are going to come out and just always have these starts where you just forget how to play basketball. Your passes are too hard in certain situations. You're just throwing it behind your, your back, and you just no one's there. Like, just chill out, all right? So it's good to have Okoge in the starting lineup. Uh, but it was worrisome. Uh, the Suns held in there, though, with defense or second unit. So it was a really big team effort. I know that's dumb to say and cliche, but it really was all around a team effort to stay in this game. It was a loss. But they they did their best to really keep up with this Bucks team that played difficult defense. Well, what's interesting about this game being on the national spotlight, knowing that we play the next three games on the road, two of those are East Coast games, if you will. One's against the Hornets, one's against the Bulls, and then we play same time next week, 11 a.m. against the Dallas Mavericks. But the Phoenix Suns, one of the criticisms of the team is following the trade on a national level is that this team isn't deep enough, right? Like there's just not enough assets after we gave up both Cameron Johnson and Mikhail Bridges for Kevin Durant, TJ Warren. It's like, oh, yep, they're just not deep enough. It's like, what? Like we are deep enough. And I think yeah. that as as you mentioned, it was the the rest of the guys who really held it together, patched the, the Suns first half together the the phoenix suns were down 53 to 46 after the first half devin booker and chris paul combined for four of 16 from the field so and, and 11 of those 46 points so to your point it was deandre Ayton who was 6 of 11 had 12 points in the first half it was josh kogi who had 9.6 rebounds in the first half it was tory craig's 10 rebounds six of which came on the offensive end yeah that helped in the first half it was the sheer fact that the phoenix suns Although they they couldn't get the ball out in transition, knowing that you're playing against a tough Bucks team, had 11 second chance points in that first half. Now, as you mentioned, it was interesting to see how the the game rolled out, right? Because the first couple possessions, the Phoenix Suns started with point book, and CP3 was in the corner, and you could see that this is kind of. A, perhaps a preview of things to come. The Phoenix Suns were out there running some new sets. Uh, if you follow like the four point play or Mike V Hill from the timeline podcast, they're very technical and know the Spain pick and roll and how often the Suns run it and who should be running it and yada, yada, yada. We're, we're, we're just a reaction podcast, but what they noted and what I saw with my own two eyes was the sheer fact that they were running brand new sets and you could see it. They're, the first play of the game, 
Dev or, or Dev Booker passes off to DeAndre Ayton. Chris Paul's in the corner. He's and DeAndre Ayton nearly turns the ball over because he's getting ready to pass it to Chris Paul, who just was stationary. So, do you think that this is a preview of things to come? Do you think that the Phoenix Suns, even on a, in a game against Milwaukee, which some may see as more important than others, they're going to be they're, they're trying new things. They're trying to integrate new sets into their offense, knowing that KD's coming and knowing that they've been running the same sets for like three years now. And it's time to change some shit up. Yeah, they have to change it up. Um, with KD coming, there's a lot more to change, and it's gonna be like who's gonna be handling the ball. You're talking about Chris Paul that's really taking like a step back because he needs to in these situations towards the end of the game and even the beginning of the game where it's just difficult for him to do much. Where he looks old, Jalen Rose is calling him out, saying like, "Oh, he's washed." Look at you know what I mean. Like that's what they always yeah. do with these half times. They're like, yeah. "He's old, father time for Chris Paul," but then Chris Paul is a better second half. <laughs> but when you're talking about ball handling, it's like a lot of these situations it's gonna be KD. I mean, when you have Okogi handling the ball a lot now too. And you have Devin Booker doing the best he can. Um, it, it's it's weird to watch right now because you know they're going to change so much in the future with KD. So that's why I'm like, I feel like these games until KD comes back, they're just trying to figure things out to get the best looking shot, especially against a defense like the Bucks. It's like figuring out what's going to work. You know, how many times are you going to go to Aiden where he's just standing there with the ball and they can't even set those off screens to get anybody open? So Aiden's going to have to find a way to. You know, do something with that ball. Maybe Monty tells him, like, hey, just put the ball down and shoot a jump shot. If no one's there, do something else with it. Because there was, they had such a hard time at the beginning of the game to get Book open off those screens. Yes. Paul, you know, Chris Paul can't run off those screens either. Eventually, towards the probably the end of the first quarter, it was a little bit easier. But it was just such a difficult thing in the in the beginning, even with Chris Paul actually getting the ball and then rolling those pick and rolls, it was impossible to get DA the ball. Like, they were just they were like almost making things more difficult on themselves to put like more pressure on themselves mm-hmm. by not knowing what to do with the ball. Instead of being like, all right, well, what's the second option? But I don't think they even have that second option yet because they're just trying to do their best on offense until KD comes here. And they're just like, well, I mean, we can get in the ball mid range. That's the best shot. And that's what we saw in the first quarter because that was the only thing that was really open there. Yeah. So it's just, it's really hard. I think for the Suns team to realize like, yeah, Katie will be back Wednesday, but we did our in best. In theory. Yeah, in theory, he, he should be back. But right now, it's like we just got to get get the ball in the hands of the guy that's that's open. That Booker and, you know, Kogi, these guys can maybe move the ball around. But right now, Chris Paul isn't that guy. So we have to wait till Katie comes back to be that other guy. Well, and I think that that's what we're going to see in the majority of the first halves for the remainder of the season with or without Katie. Again, is this team trying out new things, trying new back screens, trying new guys running point, trying new players, engaging new players because there's a bunch of new players. And then, you know, they try that out for a quarter here, you know, seven minutes here. And then the second half, they just go back to the old shit that works. But we will start off, you know, I, I think that there's some good conversation around Booker, but you got to start off with Chris Paul in this game, in my opinion. The point Chris Paul in this game played the most minutes of any player for the Phoenix Suns and both teams. 40 minutes played for Chris Paul. 18 points, 7 assists. He had 1 steal. He had 5 rebounds. 7 of 18 from the field. 2 of 5 from beyond the arc. Now, that being said, the first half, he was two of six from the field, had five points, a couple assists. In the second half, that's when he really kind of came to life. He was five of 12. He had 13 of those points in the second half. And I get what they're saying at halftime, right? You know, they're they're questioning the fact that this guy's almost 38 years old. But I'm going to ask you this, Matthew, because this is what I wrote in my notes. Do you trust CP3 in the in the postseason? No. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to say. I don't either. I mean, I don't because in a game like this, it was almost to a point towards the end of the game where it's like, man, we can't make the big shots. We can't make the big stops. But then Chris Paul did have that nice steal on Drew Holiday yes. at the end of the game where it kept them in the game. It didn't get too crazy to where they pulled away, you know, too early. The Bucks being they they pulled away too early by just getting another good looking shot. Like Chris Paul and Devin Booker had good back to back defensive possessions. Right now, I don't trust this team to end any game. I mean, even Booker too. So if you were to ask Booker, I'm like, no, I don't right now. Chris Paul definitely not, um, because there's just he's just trying to he can he's doing too much, but right now it's like of course you're thinking KD's coming back, but right now it's like Chris Paul's just doing too much on the floor. He can't really get a good looking shot. I don't trust him to make the right pass. It's just 
these situations where his whole career always comes down to these situations where crunch time, big game moments, makes the wrong play. He can't do the right thing to really help his team succeed. That's what you're still seeing in these situations. So no, I'm sorry. I just, I just, I don't, and that's hard to hear, but I still don't. We want him to, we want to trust him. And like you said, we saw a great steal and a fast break in a vital part of this game at the back end. And, Chris Paul couldn't make it happen. And then he misses an easy mid-range shot that oh he lives on. You know, a running, uh, the Stephon Marbury. <laughs> those <laughs> shots. Like, seriously, he does that all the time. Like, he can't make those shots, but go ahead. Sorry. No, he can't. And we know that when you have Devin Booker and you have Ke- Kevin Durant out there in these situations, in games like this and in playoff situations, CP3's role becomes greatly diminished and, and as does the necessity to rely on him to be a playmaker and a scorer, period. Because they both can play, make, they both can score. But as I watch this game, and kudos to Chris Paul. I thought that he looked great in the second half, as I mentioned. He had the 13 points. He was one of the players who was going blow for blow with the Milwaukee Bucks in this game and made it in a fun, exciting game. But the more I watch it, the more I go, man, he is so close to just being gone. Like next season, there will be a new starting point guard for the Phoenix Suns. I have no doubt of that. Chris Paul will be back potentially if they don't release him. Or if, if the Suns go win a championship, he retires, right? He goes John Elway on us, right? Like he's the championship. I'm out. I can totally see him doing that. Or it's more of like Peyton Manning I'm out because Peyton Manning at the back end of his career was not playing elite. Chris Paul isn't playing elite. And while we want him to be as successful as possible, the challenge that we have for this roster is, again, in the buyout market, they didn't go get another point guard. And that's okay. We talked about it ad nauseum in the last podcast following the news that Ish Wainwright was returning to the Phoenix Suns and filling that final roster spot. It's okay that you didn't go and get a a John Wall or somebody who's just is is old as well or is prone to breakdown as well because we have Point Book because we have Cameron Payne potentially because we have even Josh Kogi was bringing the ball up but you're starting to see more and more of that you're starting to see more and more of other players starting to bring the ball up and Chris Paul by the end of this game you could tell like when he went to take that running Stefan Marbury runner that could have tied the game at 102. His legs were gone. He played 40 minutes at that point. He was done, man. And it's going to be like that once the playoffs hit, too. Good, bad, or indifferent. That's just the way it is. Yeah, when he's shooting that, too, I'm like, it's not going to go in. That's that's what I'm thinking in my head. Me, too. Um, he did in the third, though. He had his way. He had, like, the nine points. I think a lot of – it was towards the end of the third where, like, Milwaukee was kind of – they were kind of getting tired. The Suns were kind of wearing them out defensively, it looked like, mm-hmm. at points. So, at that time, CP can get his shot. He was open for a lot of them. Um, he looked good in the third. He had some move where he got to the rim. I don't know how he got the shot off. I think it was underneath Brooke Lopez where he got this layup underneath him. Yeah, um, that was impressive. Yeah, so right now we're saying this about Chris Paul, of course, you know, retire all that. But also it's like when KD does come here, like it's just going to be such a good thing for Chris Paul more than anybody. Yes. I think so we talk about Aiden getting a lot of good looks because of KD, but Chris Paul doesn't have to do much. And if Chris Paul is still stingy and like, Hey, I'm still the point guard. I want to handle the ball. Then that's going to kill us. It's going to kill us because he has to basically just give it up to KD, book even a Kogi most of the game. A big percentage of the game. Maybe at the beginning he can bring the ball up just to say he brought it up. And then the rest of the game, just don't deal with it. The offense is just so much better with other guys bringing it up. You have more confidence in these guys to get things going quicker. Well, and you also saw the recipe for success that Milwaukee deployed again, the same thing they did in the finals, is they just pick him up full court. They make him earn everything. And if we are going against teams that don't do that, and that's something that's going to happen in the regular season, right? Chris Paul, again, he's capable. And I think that he is a valuable part of this team. I just don't know if he's as reliable. And that's what I'm more worried about more than anything. Can we rely on him in the playoffs? There's going to be times and there's going to be games for the remainder of the season in our last what? What do we have now? 19 games? 20 20 games. games? Yeah, our last 20 games in which Chris Paul's going to have he's going to look good because you're going to be going against the Dallas Mavericks. And guess what? Neither Kyrie Irving nor Luka Doncic is going to take him full court and he's not going to be taxed as much 
on the defensive end or on the offensive end by good quality defenders because Dallas lacks a lot of good quality defenders. But when you go against quality teams, again, a lot of this criticism that Matthew and I are providing, I can understand is coming after the Phoenix Suns just lost to the best defensive team in the league. Right. So I get that. And you can see what a good defense can do to Chris Paul. But guess what? When you hit the postseason, that's what you get. You get yep. good quality defenses. And we're just talking about the shot that didn't go in. The moments where we know as a Suns fan where we don't hit those big shots to make to win the most we, we did in that the two years ago in that postseason run. We hit some big shots. Uh, a we're lot of other guys, even Cameron Johnson of, on that team. They, they were blowing teams out, though. They, they were. The matchups weren't uh, like this. Other than the value oop, it wasn't anything. Yeah, like and there like wasn't said, a touch of these, a ton of these games, right? Yeah, correct. In the beginning of this pod, I said like these teams. Now I'm going through the Bucks. Yeah, Bucks are going to be tough if we make it that far. But I'm thinking about everybody else. I'm like, this is going to be tough. That's why I mean, 20 games. If Kevin Durant comes back, they got to figure this out. It's going to be a lot easier with KD. But right now, it's like you just don't trust them to make the big shots. And I mean, I don't know. We'll probably talk about Booker, but even that turnover was like reminds you of the finals. Oh, like, God, all right, one on one Drew. I'm like, fuck, you turn it over. Oh, God. Yeah. There we go. Uh, we'll talk about him in just one second. Uh, Jones in since 80 in the chat. He says, with Ish signing, cannot sign D Rose, right? That is correct. The Suns have a full roster. The only way that they could bring in somebody like a Derrick Rose is to release somebody or buy them out and then sign Derrick Rose. Now, you could do that. My guess is if that is how the Suns want to navigate, one, they've got like three days to do it. March 1st is the last day in which a player who can join the roster is actually eligible for the postseason roster. So Saban Lee, goodbye, because he's on a two-way. But if you were to drop like a Darius Baisley, a guy who's signed with the Suns and we've yet to see play he one minute. Play. Yeah. Or or maybe they can get rid of... Uh, I don't know. Who could they get rid of? Let's see. I guess you're gonna say I I just can't find the fucking drop. (laughs) Who who who? You gonna say Lee? No, no. What Damon Lee? No, I was thinking more of TJ War Machine. Warren anywhere. I'm gonna make a new drop. I don't know if you you might be a little too young for this, but there was a TV show. I think it was on PBS. Maybe it's Nickelodeon. Growing up, it was called Where in the World Is Carmen San Diego. You ever watch oh, that? I love that show. Yeah, I remember rolling my boogers world up and like is... fucking watching that one, dude. I was super young for that. <laughs> Where in the world is TJ Warren? Because we never know yeah. who TJ Warren is. <laughs> I don't know. He's, he's never fucking playing. So I asked the question on uh, on the good old Twitter again. If you don't follow us at Suns Jam, you should. It's we're we're not too serious. We're kind of like we are here on the podcast. But I asked, "Where in the world is TJ Warren?" Suns Geek replied. He said, "Chilling at a barber shop." I mean, that's potentially where he could be. I said maybe he is at the bed and bath section at Target because sometimes you go in there and then you just get lost for days. He's like, oh, shit, I got a game. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This might be a reoccurring segment, and I'll just change it to where in the world is TJ Warren because nobody knows where TJ Warren is. Yeah, I mean, his first game when he played with us, it was rough. I mean, I don't know if they're buying too much into that, but there's something there. A lot of people are saying there's a mysterious injury um of you know course. that might be a thing because that was always a thing with him he would just be gone from the sun's lineup be like where's he at always oh, out 30 games because of a head injury or something random right now though it's like i kind of want to see him i understand like you're gonna play ross ross hits some big yep. shots yep. he's a great guy right now to come off your bench and hit big shots but also like just the moments where you have nobody really out there to score i mean there's lineups they had tonight where they had chris paul and a kogi and the camera pains not out there with them and then they don't really have any other shooters you know i, I would rather have you know um tj warren out there with him and then also you know i would rather have cameron Payne out there with him you know what i mean just guys that can just chuck it up there and i know it's annoying if they don't go in and we just sit here and we're talking about these guys fucking suck past the ball you know what i mean yeah. but when they go in it's it's these extenders where you have that three-point lead and you can boost it up to nine before there's a timeout and then exactly. you have your starters coming out that's what i want to see i just want these guys to come out there and shoot some shots i don't know what's up with tj man what do you think this is crazy. Well, one, I think that it's Ish Wainwright who is taking TJ Warren's minutes. So Ish Wainwright tonight, 18 minutes, five points, four rebounds, one assist. That though that 18 minutes, those are designed for TJ, in my opinion. The reason that Ish is getting them is for a couple reasons. One, I think that Ish is a little bit more physical. This is a physical game. This is a, a team that plays really tough defense and you have to play tough defense on them. 
right? Like in the last game for the Suns, I think it was just maybe they were saying, hey, let's ride the emotional roller coaster that Ish is on because he just signed uh, his contract with us. So maybe we can get some productivity. And they were right. If that was the gamble they won, he had 10 points. But I think as time will progress, we will see TJ based on matchup. I think that right now, Monty's going to do this for like five or six games. He's going to run Ish out there, see how he goes. Because Ish was getting big minutes in the fourth quarter, which I was kind of surprised. You take a look, and he ended up playing a total of Ish Wainwright. Had 18 minutes. Right? He had eight, yeah, and he had eight minutes and 49 seconds played in the fourth quarter. That's a defensive thing, right? And I see people in the chat. They're like, they want. We all want to take a look at Darius Baisley. We want to see what this kid has. He's supposed to be really big and long and defensively minded. Not a great offensive player. It'll come. We're playing what Charlotte next? Like it'll come. Yeah. We'll get some Darius Baisley minutes probably against Charlotte. I would have liked to see Darius Baisley or somebody else in other than Terrence Ross at the end of the game. Uh, for that rebound, Coach Fallen Founder, one of our elite jamsters, said it a little bit early. He said, Monty should not have Ross in to rebound. Why do you have Ross in there to rebound? I get he's a little bit bigger, but like that's where you could bring in somebody like Darius Baisley. Well, I guess it's because there's no timeouts. If you get that rebound, you need a shooter on the floor. But still, where's TJ Ward? <laughs> I don't know. But uh, you know what? Uh, it's always down to the rebound. See, we've, we've had these issues all year where it's like one rebound for a free throw. We can't grab it to get another opportunity, right? Or else we, the Bucks get the ball back, and that's the game. I mean, it goes yeah. off of – it barely goes off of Ross. I mean, he's trying to grab the board. But that's kind of our luck this year. In a lot of these situations, last year we were so clutch. Now it's just like, fuck, like I don't know who's going to end the game for us. We hit the big shot. Um, I do miss TJ, but also, I mean, I feel like Ish is playing good minutes. I mean, it's only five points. I don't care. I don't. He's a guy I won't look at his box score. Mm-hmm. It's like just him using his body. Like when he's playing with the Jock down there, and he's playing with um, who was it? it was Jock and uh, Craig just trying to like bruise these guys up down low, get the boards, missing a lot of layups, but still like they're using their bodies. Like he's a physical player. He gets mad at himself when he makes a mistake. I I like Ish. I I do. And I think he's playing big minutes now that he knows he's on the team for good. That clears a lot in his mind. You can see the last few days before his signing, he's just like, fuck, like chucking up threes. He's playing his game now. I think he's going to play some big minutes, and I don't mind it. It's kind of like Jay Crowder minutes in a way, but that's he might just be like the new Jay Crowder in a way, right? A yeah, bit. a little bit. He has the confidence. He knows the sets. He knows the team. He's been on it for two years. So is it two or three years? It's two years. So yeah, two years. Yeah. That's that's the why. You know, everyone who's wondering where TJ Warren, ourselves are included. We're going to continue to kind of make fun of the situation because it's it just takes you back to like 2017 all over again. Where in the world is TJ Warren? But at the same yeah. time, like you have to understand, we're trying to find continuity with this second team, and Ish Wainwright's one of those guys who brings continuity. There's going to be another enough other pieces out there. You have Cameron Payne playing himself back in. You have Terrence Ross, who's new to the team. So you're going to have these other guys who are out there. You need some semblance of continuity. And I think that was a vital part of that second quarter when the Phoenix Suns couldn't hit the broad side of a fucking barn, but neither could the the, the, the Minnesota, the Milwaukee Bucks. And that's because Ish Wainwright is out there. He's playing that physical defense. He's pushing people off of his spot. So... It'll be something I, I guarantee you. I guarantee you, Suns fans, like three more games of this. Like when the Suns come home again, it'll probably be some TJ Warren minutes because he's just Monty Williams is trying to plug and play right now. He's got a he's got a small amount of time, and you can't have every guy on the roster play at all times. Everyone's like, oh, I'd love to see Darius Baisley in this game. It's like, would you? We lost one hundred four to one hundred one. Where would you plug in Darius fucking? Baisley? We always do that. Everyone we always do that. that. There's two you things we do. Want what you can't have, right? Yeah, we always get these guys where it's exciting, and we're like, "Oh, I can't wait to see it in a trade or something." I can't wait. We sign this guy. We get excited for their game, but you realize it's like he's probably not going to play, and then someone else kind of sucks, and then we're just like, "Oh, get him in there!" Like if Craig sucked tonight, they'd be like, "Play, uh, play him instead of Craig." You know what I mean? So that's what we do. It's like chill out. I the the matchups and the lineups didn't look too bad tonight. I know we don't have KD, obviously, but mm-hmm. it was. I liked it. I mean, oh, there's a few things I didn't like, but it wasn't, it was very minimal. So here's an interesting statistic for you. The Phoenix Suns are currently, from a winning percentage standpoint this season, 21st in the league in clutch time games. With this loss, they are 11 and 14 in clutch time games. Now, 
go back one year and remember this team was 33 and nine in the clutch. So yeah. they play, they played 42 total games last season in the clutch this season. They've only played what's the total on that 11 plus 13, 25 games, which is really interesting to me. So it's, it's a different team. We don't have an identity in that fourth quarter and something that I think, again, the diminishing talent of Chris Paul is part of that. And the other thing is, I mean, the games are just so back and forth. So I do want to talk about Devin Booker, but I do want to talk about DraftKings first, Matthew. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hands with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. I do this like every night. I go and I bet a three-legged parlay on a random NBA game, and if I don't win, I get a bet back. It's making money or losing it unless I win it. You know what I mean. Download the app now and sign up with code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions applied. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. So David Ray in the chat says, John and Matt, are you saving the KD job drop for when he plays for the first time or do you have one yet? David Ray, you don't watch the podcast very often, man. Because we, we've played it multiple, multiple times. <laughs> we yeah, yeah. I changed two. it a few times too. Yeah, it's updated. Yeah. yeah. Coach Coach Fallen founder, the most athletic Suns podcast. Pretty athletic. Pretty I mean, athletic. recovery was about a couple weeks after that game. I'm, so, but... I, I'm still hurting from filming that commercial. <laughs> so let's talk about Devin Booker, man. Uh, where's his draw? Big Dick Booker. So as I mentioned earlier in the show, in the first half, Dev Booker, rough start, 2 of 10 from beyond the arc, had 6 points in the first half, 1 of 4 from beyond the arc. In the second half, he he pulled it together a little bit, though. He ends with 7 of 11 in the second half alone, 18 points in, in that, and 24 total points, 9 of 21 from the field. So again, not an efficient out, scoring output from Booker. Do you attribute that to the defense of Grace and Allen and Drew Holiday? Yeah, I don't know. Defense on Book is hard to talk about because he is, his shots are always better when he has great defense on them. He loves that. He loves like the little fadeaway like he had to tie the game. That was a big shot. The, the little fadeaway to tie the game, I think it was 101-101 at that time. And he hit it, and you knew it was going to go in because he loves those fadeaways, man. Yeah. Um. So like beginning of the game, you're thinking like, What's up with them, right? I think it's just him trying to hit his shots. Everything looks good. I think earlier this season when he wasn't hitting his shots, we knew it was some type of injury because his shot looked different. It just did not look like Book out there. It looks like Book out there. It's just not falling for him. I think that's the frustration. He's having, having those battles with demons right now out on the court. But him in the third quarter, 11 points, getting to the line, legit fouls on him, shooting that mid-range. That was nice to see. I think he got back in it. Of course, we'll talk about that play to end the game, basically, where he just went up against Drew. He beat him. But that's mm-hmm. the thing. is like He beat him, and he should have pulled up for the jump shot. This whole yep. game seemed like he, he's done this before in his career where he just goes too deep into the paint, and then he just gets lost. It's like pull up for your shot. He wasn't really finding his spots. And when he's that way, I think he's just too much into his head. If you look at Book, for me, like body language-wise, um, he looks confused at the beginning of games like this. He looks very defeated. He looks kind of like just scared in a way. I'll say he looks, yeah, he does. He looks a little weird out there. And it's just like, I don't trust him. The way his face looks, the way his eyes look, it's not there yet. So guys like Akogi does, they they help this guy and help this team kind of guide through the first quarter where it's a little bit easier for him towards the end of the game because now he's in the flow. You know what I mean? Aiden does the same thing, but Booker in these games, man, he's, been this way in the past and tonight he was this way where he kind of starts off a little sketchy it's a little scared mm-hmm. to watch but he he pulled it together he just didn't make the big play at the end and got the ball taken away from him well when you have drew holiday and grayson allen who can be an underrated defender he's kind of a dirty player but he can be an underrated defender especially against a player like devin booker because it's from a size matchup it's a good matchup for grayson allen 
That's he can get cooked a lot on on guys who are bigger, quicker. And Devin Booker isn't the quickest player. He's a smooth player, but he's not. You wouldn't define him necessarily as quick. So he started over six from the field. He was forcing some things again, as we mentioned earlier. The Phoenix Suns were running some different sets, so he was coming off of some different curls, some different screens, and sometimes he was just simply trying to bail out the offense because whatever set they were running was very discombobulated and disconnected, and it, the ball ended up in Devin Booker's hands when the shot clock was running low, so he had to kind of force the issue. As time progressed, he found his spots. Like you said, the third quarter, he looked fantastic. He got to the mid-range, and again, you nailed it. At the, the last play of the game, the last major play of the game, if you will, Devin Booker, who was cooking Jay Crowder, by the way. He was switching to get Jay Crowder on him, and he was just blowing by him every time. He had Drew Holiday on him, and he blew by him. And again, rather than, you know, I thought the exact same thing. I'm like, take like an eight-footer, dude. That's your bread and butter. But he, he had to take like that one extra step and, Drew Holiday slapped the ball yeah. off of him and he lost it. I'm like, oh shit, it's the finals all over again where the same thing happened where he'd go too deep instead of just taking that jumper. And both times, I don't know if you noticed on this possession, both times DeAndre Ayton has good position. So you can take that jumper and DeAndre Ayton can potentially go up and get it. We don't know if he would have, especially with Brooke Lopez down there and him having a lot more size, but the opportunity existed. I think that was kind of the frustrating takeaway for me was the same thing. But outside of that, he looked good, in my opinion, in the second half. Like you said, I think he gets shell-shocked. I'm, I agree with you there, too. It's like when he comes out he and the defense is solely focused on him, when you have an elite defense like the Bucks have, and you have an elite defender in Drew Holiday, and when he switches and Grayson Allen's bullying him a little bit, he gets a little shell-shocked. But to his credit, he continues to shoot, and that's what, yeah. that's what you have to do. Shooters have to shoot, right? I put that in my notes. I'm like, you know, 0 for 6 to start, keep shooting. I was like, just keep shooting because it looks good. It does look good. Shell shocked, yes. That's a lot of stars. I mean, if it's all just, you know, put on him or put on, you know, the superstars around the league where everyone else is kind of like, you know, out in the way where the Suns don't have the other guy that can ball like handle the ball and get those open shots when they want, it's hard when the defense is just zoned in on them. I mean, that's that's going to be something for Book. And he's... He's been better. It's just, it's hard because you saw such a great booker before he got Mm -hmm. hurt. Fucking insane book where it's like everything going up, you know, what's going in. He's going to hit the big shot. Yes. But right now he's trying to get back into that. So everything looks good. It's just not going in. And then just that one play, just take a step back, hit that shot. Just hit that. It's your spot. So just make it easier on yourself. But he knows better than me where to, where to get those shots off. So he's probably giving me the middle finger right now and watching (laughs) him. He's sitting, in the, he's sitting in the back. He's on yeah. the shitter after having one of those chorizo burritos. <laughs> oh, it was like fucking sun yeah. jam session, Matthew. I didn't want to pull up. I'll tell you what was great in this game was the beautiful shot that he made to pass the Matrix on the Suns' all-time scoring yeah. list. It was a Jordan-esque, Kobe-esque type of turnaround jumper, and he is now number, what, number four all-time in Phoenix Suns scoring. Do you know who number one, two, and three is? Uh, yeah, it's um, number one is the Greyhound. What is it? Yeah, Walter Davis. Walter Davis. I yep. remember his nickname, <laughs> but not his real name. <laughs> uh, I just realized two, I, I'm going to make a another drop. It's going to be like trivia time, and I just throw random trivia at you. I'm the worst. I, I have no idea who's number two or whatever. I just know yeah, number one. two's a tough one. Who's number three? Do you think? Um. Is it uh, is it Steve Nash? No, no. he's already, he already passed Nash. Yeah, I thought he did. That's why I don't want to say these things because it's like he already passed him. And I should know that shit. So what? Who? KJ's number three. That's next up on the list. I think he's like five or six hundred points mm-hmm. shy of KJ. So Alvin Adams is number two. Alvin Adams is number two. That's okay. correct. I was yeah. gonna say that earlier, but I was like, I don't know. I just he's don't want think... to look foolish in front it's of okay. all the jamsters. It's okay. That's part of the that's part of the your appeal, Matthew, is looking foolish in front of the jamsters. Well, you just you throw me out there. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish you had more trivia questions for me because I love trivia. You know what? It's my I will. Favorite thing. You need I to. will. Why do I not do that? Yes, I'll you should be that. the tri- you should run trivia time. Once yeah, once a game I'll, I'll have make something. A, I'll throw it at you. you. I'll make it because you're drop. good. You're I, good. You'll look. I'm good. okay. I'll even ask the wrong question. Yes. Like, you're like, actually, Matthew, you got that mixed <laughs> up. Actually, it's KJ's next up. But uh, <laughs> send me some audio of you saying trivia time. In fact, what's the timestamp right now? We're at uh, about 30, about 40 minutes. Say trivia time right now. 
Trivia time. Perfect. I will snip that, that and we'll use that moving forward. The there you go. We're making we're making stuff right here live in front of the jamsters or later if you're <laughs> listening. And if you're listening, hit the thumbs up button and all that fun stuff. Aiton in this game uh, had a case of the bobbles to start. That's for damn sure. As I mentioned, a lot of the team looked disconnected to begin the game. DeAndre Ayton was a big part of that as well. But he ends 11 of 21, 22 points. So a very inefficient game, if you will, for DeAndre Ayton, but still over 50% from the field. 22 and 11 rebounds, three blocks in this game as well for the big guy, number double deuce. He was the best offensive player in the first half. For the Phoenix Suns, Matthew. Yeah, because he just saw automatic from the mid range. I mean, it's you can't stop it. Um, it got better towards the end. I think I talked about earlier when the Bucks got more tired um, with Chris Paul kind of taking over in the third. Uh, Da kind of fed off that too. A lot of stuff was easy for him. Um, I think they were finding him underneath the hoop a lot better than before. Um, I in earlier in the game. I mean, really, it was really just kind of like pick and pop. You know, giving the ball. And then, oh, no one's even on him. Give him yep. the shot. And that's what the defense was doing. So he took him and he made him. Yep. Um, efficiency. Yeah. And I think towards the end of the game, man, he's the putback guy, right? He's going to hit those big. He's going to, I mean, the, the either Booker or Chris Paul are going to take the shots. KD will take the shots. But Aiden can be that guy that's going to be putting those things back. Put himself in the good positions. He'll do that. And I think that's really a thing that he should excel on is putting the ball back in, dunking it. Laying it in, I guess, but like just dunk it back in. You know what I mean? Like he's gonna get so many opportunities, grab those boards and put the ball back in with all the jump shots and also all those defenders just going at KD, going at book. Oh, missed shot. DA's there, big yep. time putbacks that are gonna help the Suns in the future in these big crucial games. That's gonna be DA's game, man. He's just gotta be in the right spot. And I feel like that was the mm-hmm. challenge for him a lot of times. Yeah, yeah, it was it just being in that right spot. And again, you have to credit. The Milwaukee. This isn't some shit team. Like, wait till you see Da on uh, on Wednesday against the the Charlotte Hornets, right? Like, this is a cerebral team who focuses on Da, push them off his spots. You got Brooke Lopez who can push anybody off their spot. He's just massive, and I don't think it's from lack of trying. Again, I think that the effort was great from Da throughout this game. Uh, you could tell he he made some fucking risky ass passes. Like they passed down to him, a double would come, and he just like throw it nearly to half court back to book and books like, Oh yeah. shit. You well, know, Chris like, Paul does that same shit. <laughs> you know yes, what I mean? Chris yes. Paul would always do that, dude. Yeah. So, and, and so I liked what I saw from D eight, the 22, the 11 rebounds, a quality game against a quality opponent. That's what you want. A double, double against them. I don't think that there was any lack of hustle or lack of energy in this game. And if there was, it was due to sheer, it wasn't due to lack of effort. It was due to fatigue because these teams were going at it. I mean, there were times oh, Tory Craig looked worn the fuck out in this game. I don't know if you saw TC. He's going to he, be. He is. He has to play bigger than he is. And him, Brooke Lopez, uh, what's his face? Bobby Portis. He looked worn out at times and, and got uh, uh, you know subbed out a few times. So I think that in a physical matchup like this, DA gave us everything he could. It's just it, these are tough games, man. Yeah, and that's going to be so great in the future when you know you have uh, Kogi starting and you have Craig coming off the bench because when Craig and a Kogi are out, like the defense sucks when you rely on Ross and Lee to really just help yes. you, you know, defend at so the perimeter. Huge when or they even, dude, anybody can get a shot off against those guys. There's always going to be a foul involved and an easy lay-in, or there's going to be an easy-looking shot towards the rim for these um, the opposing team because they just they have such a hard time. I think when Craig comes off the bench. It's going to help a lot defensively. And plus, like on the, the game, what, I think it was like the last bucket for the I, Brooke Lopez little lay-in. Um, Aiden got switched out. He was out on yep. the perimeter. When that happened, it's like, oh, that's frustrating. But it's like, oh, well, KD will probably be there, though, to help out defensively. And you're like, oh, fuck, Giannis is going to be there, too. Yeah. So it's like, you're fucked. <laughs> well, and again, you know, the, the really. nice thing is we it's don't have to go difficult. through this team in the, in the Western Conference. If we want to go for a championship, we might have to. Uh Jam says, not lack of hustle, but lack of awareness. Eh, I could see Always. that. Always. Yeah. And That's you just... saw Chris Paul yelling at him on the bench, all ready to start the game. Like, come on. Yeah, I know. I oh, saw that. I was just go. like, I get it. But I'm like, Chris Paul, you don't, you're, you're throwing, like you That's said, the thing. bounce passes behind He does the same thing and... as Book. When Book yeah. fucks up, he's like looking at the guy like, why weren't you in over a foot over there? Like, Book was on the ball to bounce too. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, shut the fuck up. Like, guys, just <laughs> get it together. It's going to be a weird span of time in the next two weeks. It is. It is. As And again, 
who just said it in the chat? We, uh, Big Sexy. Can we talk about D not having a power forward? K- K- KD will make a difference for him. From a spacing standpoint and a gravity standpoint, 100%. But to GM's yeah. point, awareness. Is he going to be aware enough to be where he's supposed to be? The health defense wasn't there either. Yeah. So. The, yeah. Well, but he, it was there, but he got burned on it, right? That last play, as you mentioned, with Brooke Lopez. He goes for help defense, and then that's how Brooke Lopez gets so open. And- oh, yeah. I meant like... Uh- when the ball's in Brook Lopez's hands and he has to come over and switch, if he's on the other side, he's kind of delayed on that still yeah. a little bit. But you could feel him thinking. Yeah, he just he's a little. He wasn't like that a couple of years ago. It's exactly what you want. What you want your max center to do. So you can't be too frustrated with that. Let's do a let's do a little subreddit stakeout, shall we? Yes. Okay. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. So I was hanging out on the subreddit and I literally just dressed like this. I just put on some sunglasses just so I didn't have to make eye contact, you know, like, like Jay Crowder, some, like Jay Crowder, like not looking Now Jay Crowder was talking nothing but shit. This whole game, man, he doesn't make eye contact though. He's one of those shit talkers. It's mm-hmm. like you ever go someplace and you just keep sunglasses on because you don't want to look at anybody. I'm one of those people. Like I'm walking down the street and I'll, cause I always wear, I, I don't know about you, Matthew. Mm-hmm. I do know about you, but I, I wear sunglasses all the time. Yeah, you love your sunglasses. I do. I'm a sunglass person. I don't want, I hate the brightness of the sun, especially living in Phoenix. So I always have sunglasses on. And even when I'm walking down the street, if a car's driving by, like I'll have my sunglasses on. I'm side eye am, but they don't see it. It's the beauty of sunglasses. (laughs) You're side eye am, dude. I'm side eye am. I'm looking at everything. I see everything, but I try to let you know by wearing sunglasses that I see nothing. So here's what was going on the subreddit for the Milwaukee Bucks. Somebody said, stated, until the Suns acquired KD, I thought they were going to, I thought they were going the way of the Heat post-finals run, where they never make very neg- negligible roster changes and never again reach those heights. Still skeptical of the Suns because of the same reasons the Nets weren't that successful, mainly defense. Should be a fun game. What do you think of that observation? Yeah, the Nets thing is weird because they were really fucking good with KD and Kyrie. Like, they were the best team in the league when those guys were healthy. I think mm-hmm. people forget that, and they were hard to stop defensively. It, when you go back and watch Claxton too playing defense on that team with KD and Kyrie, he looked fucking great, and I think yeah. that's the way Aiden's going to look too. That's a good point. That's a really good point. DeAndre Aiden's going to be a very expensive Nick Claxton moving forward. Yes. What is the Bucks' obsession with using ugly and plain court with their green and purple jerseys? <laughs> Objective number about. one. Yeah, me too. Well, again, like we watched the game. Before the Suns game on Friday, the Bucks were playing against the Heat, and they had the same court that they have right now. But they're wearing their old school like Ray Allen uniforms, the purple ones. Yeah, from like the nineties and nineties slash early two thousands. I thought those were nice uniforms, but they had this this court out there, which they use sometimes when they wear like their blue uniforms. But I like what uh, this person on Reddit said. They said objective number one for every basketball court should be paint in the paint because there was no paint in the paint. And I agree with that. You should always have paint in the paint. Yeah. I don't know if I agree with that. I'm just, I don't care. I kind of like it sometimes. It depends. <laughs> you, you like the plainness sometimes. I never thought about that, but I, I think it's okay. All right, here's one for you. Uh, can, I feel like campaign switches back and forth from being a really solid player and being complete ass. Campaign only played eight minutes in this game, Matthew. That's why yeah. Chris Paul... Played 40 minutes. Campaign was one of seven from the field. He had two total points. He had three rebounds and one turnover. Is there anything that's happening in the Twitter world while we're podcasting, Jamsters, that you can verify? Did something happen to Campaign? Why do you only play eight minutes, man? I thought it was just uh, uh, restrictions because he's back from injury. I mean, I'm surprised he even really played, to tell you the truth. Um, but only eight minutes. Like, yeah, Jesus. no, I thought that too. Because like when we had just no one out there to score and move the ball around, I know he was shooting one for seven, but he can still move the ball around if he wants to. When it was just Chris Paul and Okogi out there, and it was just like we don't, no one could shoot. Um, I wanted him out there with that team, but restrictions, well, I think. Yeah, okay. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Thank you. Uh, let's see. If you treat Hubie, obviously this game was on ESPN. If you treat Hubie like it's your grandpa commenting on an NBA game as opposed to seriously critiquing his commenting performance, he's legit hilarious to listen to. 
He's the best. I love these. I love Hubie games. Brown. I, I do too. Like Bill Simmons gives Every, some shit too sometimes, but I'm like, I love that the, duo they have on a Sunday, Saturday game. It feels great, man. Everybody on good. the Bucks subreddit was knocking Hubie Brown. They're like, mm-hmm. he just says, whoa, and on. You know, they're talking about how he's giving mm-hmm. props to Devin Booker. Somebody said, like, if they could not talk about K- KD for one minute, that'd be great. During, like, the early section of the game where they're going to talk about KD. They talk about KD the rest of the game, right? It's just, I like Hubie Brown. Maybe I'm biased, but... I it, love him, too. Okay, that's I, interesting. Yeah, I've like always him. loved him. I like me his... Me, too. He's been around for forever. Me, commentators, an- analysis analysis guys, whatever you want to find. Analysts, you don't... Analysis I don't really care. Guys. I don't really care what they say, unless it's something funny. I don't care what, how they critique the game and their stats they give out. I don't care. It's about the voice. It's about making you feel warm. Joe Buck, you know, those those yes. warm voices you want to hear on a Sunday. It just makes you feel good. That's all I care about, man. Well, I'll, I'll play the other side of that coin. It doesn't make me frustrated or feel bad. Like, there's some players, like, when I listen to Reggie Miller, some of the shit he says I just think is yeah. so fucking stupid. Like, Hubie Brown's been around the game fucking forever. I love this guy. Well, Reggie Miller just half-asses it, and then Richard Jefferson's funny. He is good. He could just says shit that doesn't make any sense. And he just he just attacks people for no reason, but he's just joking around. Like, but it's funny to me. I like that stuff. Coda Kid in the chat says Hubie Brown loves DA. Speaking of DA, here's another comment from the subreddit stakeout. And again, this is during that discombobulation second quarter. Aiden checks back in and their defense is composed again. There you go, Jamsters. Uh, for a guy named Jock, he's not very good at sports. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> that, that that that's a good one but you know what i think that he earned the drop today he did jesus this is a nice limo yes it is now suck my jack landale jack only played 12 minutes in this game but he had seven points and eight rebounds four of which occurred on the offensive end so i i liked what i saw from jock landale I didn't like the fact that he went out and he hit a three-pointer and he instantly, the next possession, took another three and it was way off. It's like, damn it, dude. You got your three. Let that ride for a month, okay? But Jock had a solid game. He was awesome. I liked the second attempt because this is like, Jock's back. This game was like, he's back, dude. And then and he the best part, The best part, though, is he was using his body on the offense where they, it was Cameron Payne and Devin Booker were like using him as a screen, like 20 different screens, just weaving in and out of him and trying to get a good look at the rim. He played that perfect. Um, this is his best game in, I want to say, two months. He just looked really good. Wrong. And he got those offensive boards, man. Like It wasn't like Jock's back. But when he does hit a three and plays this way, um, where you can actually use him in a good way, it seemed like he played 30 minutes tonight and he only played the 12. Yeah, That's why like the box score watching is hard to do because I'm like, he that impact he had was bigger on the game than his actual minutes. Yeah, he he definitely had a lot a big impact in this game. It was interesting because somebody said it. I don't know if I if I put it on the no, but somebody on the subreddit stakeout or on the Buck subreddit was saying it's interesting how the Phoenix Suns don't have a backup big like a lot of teams out west like they just don't have backup bigs uh who have a veteran presence i'm like well we got bismack biombo too so i still am okay with our backup fives i don't know about you but i'm okay i'm fine yeah because it's always a power forward position we always talk about and more versatility here we go again when katie's here things will change (laughs) obviously dude i get that's my job on this podcast is state the obvious right (laughs) yes (laughs) uh next one rd is so hard i mean tough to penetrate Totally. So he said, RD is getting me so hard. I mean, hard. <laughs> Booker transitioning into a spot as a role player even before KD gets there. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, when he's you're like, oh, well, that'll be KD's shot, right? No, they're going to switch. He'll be fine. Yeah, Book looked better that was than the first half. He... That was after the first half. I do the same thing yeah. as you. Like, I really hit the subreddit stakeout hard in the first half. And then, like, I watched the game in the second half. It's hard because you just, you, plus, you have to take notes. But, like, I yes. like to just watch and, like, just get like into it. And then I'll yes. take notes. But then, subreddit's hard to do in the second half. Well, the easiest thing to do for notes is you go onto the Google Docs on your iPhone and you just talk into it. You do the speak to text. You're good at that because I mispronounce shit and I go back and it's more work for me to go back. <laughs> Wait, what? I mumbled that part. So it picks up, like, some kind of. Out of hexagon, like I didn't say hexagon. Like, hexagon on offense. About? What the hell? <laughs> Number hex eight. Uh, Terrence Ross. Uh, somebody said Javon would probably still be or still struggle in a playoff series against Boston due to their size, even at the guard spot. But man, oh man, is he a valuable tool in a series with Phoenix? Can use Drew a lot more on book KD when you can throw Javon out on CP for periods of time. 
That's a great observation. It's not incorrect. And how much did you miss seeing Javon Carter do full court defense? Why the fuck don't we do that more? Should do it more. We don't do it till it's too late. Um, I don't think we ever do it actually, but no. I do miss Javon. I do I miss do him. Miss Javon, he was, is he actually a starter though? Yeah, for he real? started. Uh, he started, he, but for what reason? Because uh-huh. I mean, he didn't replace Giannis, but is he just the position is just kind of stacked that way where it's just like, oh, you put Javon in there. Well, thus far this season, this was his thirty third start. Well, you know, I thought he was a starter before. Got a lot of shit for that. We loved him here in Phoenix, man. We loved him here in Phoenix. So, I Chihuahua. All right, a couple more things on the subreddit stakeout. Uh, Well, honestly, I'm not mad. Phoenix is a contender, and we don't have our MVP. So they said before we gave up the fucking lead. Terrence Ross is always a Bucks killer. Uh, He has his. He shoots thirty six point eight percent in his career against the the Milwaukee Bucks. That was just a random. Random stat that I had there. That's your subreddit stakeout. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. See, now I don't have my sunglasses on, and you can see me side-eyeing people all the time, and it just feels awkward. For nice, me. healthy eyes, though. Yeah, you know, exactly. Nice and healthy, protected from the sun. I don't have a, a a line right here from squinting all the time. That's what I don't want. You know. Oh, yeah, get the Botox, man. Fuck Botox, man. I'm on natural. Minus shots in my spine for my sciatic nice. issue. I'm on natural, yeah. baby. On natural. Uh, what else do you have in your notes before we give out the jam star and talk about our Wednesday game, Matthew? Anything Actually, I kind of, you know, Payne's getting a lot of shit, but I kind of want to see him more. Um, mm-hmm. He's one of those guys, too, where books missing, keep shooting, campaign the same way, but he does move the ball around. He, he'll he have shitty games sometimes, but right now I'm just talking about minutes. He'll be okay, I think. Um, I'm actually more confident in him right now. Um. See what else I had, dude. Mm, I don't know. Just a little bit of battling under the rim. That second team, man, they were really battling with the Bucks to match up physically. That was something that's really fun to watch. Yes. Because you have to. I have a little bit of flow in my throat, but let me get this out. Well, did you have hexagon in your notes? No hexagon. And hexagon. <laughs> and there goes the flim. All right. What do you think about Jay Crowder? You know what? It's tough. Um, I know you said you want to root for him um, and you want to be a fan. No, I just, it's hard to watch because it's like, I still want him on this team. I think he'd be perfect. Obviously, he's perfect for this team. I hate what happens. I don't want to see him on the opposing Bucks team that we might play in the finals if that happens. He hits the two big threes, of course. Booker can't match him. It's like, is that how it's going to be? It probably isn't. That's just how it is for right now. But Jay is a guy I'm going to sorely miss. I'm just to be honest. Yeah, I mean, he hit those two dagger threes, and it's frustrating as shit to see him because you saw it both times yeah. he was in the corner. You're like, these are going in. I know these are going in. He was talking shit the whole time as well. He should. I don't blame him. I, I was kind of frustrated with the reporting that they did at the front end of the game, talking about how, uh, you know, when they talked to Jay Crowder, how he felt he wasn't wanted anymore. And I felt like that a lot of that was his own doing. He was wanted. He just, you know, the Phoenix Suns said, hey, like, we're going to try out a little Cam Johnson. He got super fucking butt hurt, And he took that as no, I'm not wanted. And I mean, we talked about this throughout the season. Cam Johnson is injury prone and went out early. And I mean, if Jay Crowder just stuck it out a little bit now, granted, we wouldn't have KD, yada, 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 but it's just those kind of comments kind of frustrate me hearing from him. It's like, dude, we, we loved you, Jay. You know, you're a great part of this team. Question is when the bucks come to town in a couple weeks, does he get cheered or booed? booed? What would you do if you were there? I don't, I don't do anything like that. I don't usually boo. Um, I would listen to other people boo. Oh, I'd <laughs> yeah, I love boo. to boo. I'm not going to boo him, but the thing is, is like he didn't, it didn't go the way he wanted it to go. That's what the reporter said. It's like, well, I mean, if you're not going to play, why would the Suns do you any, like, any good? Like, I mean, why would they do you anything to really put you in, like, oh, yeah, a good position to win in the future? You know what I mean? If you're not going to help them win, why would they do anything to help you out? Uh, that was kind of weird to hear. And just stop talking, just play. Who cares? Yeah. It's your own fault, I, man. I love, I love baby. boo players. Eric Burns was always my favorite player to boo. Arizona Diamondbacks. Remember that guy? Yeah. I didn't watch baseball really at that time, but yeah. Man, he was the most fake hustle guy. He Every time he'd throw the ball in from the outfield, he'd do like a front flip. Like he's, I just put everything I could behind this throw. And he'd run himself into outs at second. He turned singles into outs all the time. I used to love booing him. So I used to go to spring training games. I remember the, the Dimebacks, after they paid him a stupid amount of money and he, he wrote his contract out, he ended up with like the Seattle Mariners. I remember I went to like a Seattle Mariners spring training game 
and I just booing him unmercifully. And all these people are like, what the fuck does this guy got against Eric Burns? I'm like, fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it's the same thing kind of with Jake Crowder. He's kind of a fake hustle guy, but he was a difference maker. And uh, will he get a tribute too? Sarge got one. Yeah, he should. He he probably will. Um, that's should. why I'm just kind of, I'm not, I wouldn't ever boo him, but I'm just not going to root for him again ever um, because he's not ever. a son. I just root for the sons. Amen. <laughs> Jam star of the game. All right, Jamsters, if you're watching along live, hit that thumbs up button. If you're watching later, hit that thumbs up button. If you're listening, subscribe, rate, review. Matthew, who are you giving out the jam star of the game to in this one? Jock. Really? Yeah, I thought he was huge. Jock I thought against the Bucks, huh? He was playing some big minutes. 12 minutes, he said. <laughs> Dude. Big miss tonight. I think he was a really big difference maker out there. He played crucial minutes to help us stay within, you know, kind of like, you know, it wasn't a blowout at times. You thought maybe the Bucks are going to pull away. No, he played big minutes. Good for him, man. He's back oh, a little wow. bit so far. Okay. Okay. I'll respect. Respect. Got to respect the condom. I'm going to go with DeAndre Ayton. I thought that he was an absolute bucket tonight. I, I know if you look at the box score and you see 11 of 21 you're like well he wasn't as super efficient as he could well he missed some putbacks in in those that series where the Phoenix Suns were missing putbacks at will Mm -hmm. but I think that when the the going got tough tonight the Suns would run plays and DA is the one who would benefit from them and he executed the majority of the time the one play I wish he would have pump faked that's one thing he's going to learn hit that shot hit that shot hit that shot pump fake it once because he got Brooke Lopez up and Brooke Lopez blocked it. It's like, if he had pump fake that play, man, he had a dunk going back the other way, you know, just going right through. Yeah, so pump, go to the rim once go just once. But, uh, I really, I really enjoyed what I saw from one Deandre Aiton tonight. So next game for the Phoenix suns doesn't have a graphic and we're playing the Charlotte Hornets five o'clock on Wednesday. So, I also feel that's one of the reasons why Cameron Payne only played seven to eight minutes and CP3 played the other 40 is because the Suns are off for the next two nights. They're traveling to Charlotte. They're off uh, Monday. It's a midday game today, Monday, Tuesday, and then they play five o'clock against the Charlotte Hornets. Matthew, this could be the KD debut. How do you feel? Oh, I'm pumped. I mean, if it's him coming back, it's going to be weird. I feel like the last few games were definitely very weird, and tonight looked more like the Suns. Yes, in the second half. Um, second half, that's yeah, that's what I was gonna say. In the second half, looked more like the Suns. Now we get KD. It's gonna be very strange, dude. We've seen him in the warm-up shorts. We haven't seen him out there in a Suns uniform, really. Yeah, or at all. It's it's gonna be crazy, man. I think um, it's gonna blow everyone's mind, especially against a team like the Hornets. Yeah. We're going to reach 160 points. I don't know, dude. Team is not good. So I will say this. Uh, I told you this. I texted this yesterday. You went down to the deuce yesterday. You saw uh, Flex from Jersey and Dan Duarte, Mm -hmm. the host of the Coast to Coast podcast. Flex was in town. They recorded down there. And I went to dinner with my wife. And we were down at Tempe Marketplace with some friends. And I was like, you know what? I want NBA 2K. I haven't. When's the last time you owned NBA 2K? Do you own last year's? No, it's been two years. So, so I think before the PS5 version. Um, so I, I still have the, the PS5. I still have obviously the PS4, and I mm-hmm. can't get a PS5 because not enough people have donated in the super chat, or not enough people have liked, subscribed, or reviewed, or whatever. So I, I just I can't. Or not enough people have used promo code TBPN or whatever. But I bought the the twenty. It was twenty bucks for NBA 2K23. And here's what I noticed. You know, I, I played it a little bit last night. It takes like four hours to download the fucking thing, which is annoying. But here's what I realized when I started playing. The last time that I played 2K was probably like 2K20, maybe 19. I think it's 19 because it's the first time I've actually played 2K. I'm like, oh, shit, we have Chris Paul on the team. <laughs> last time I played 2K was Ricky Rubio at point. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, I think that's and when I, I played too, yeah. So it's like I haven't played it in the Chris Paul era. I'm like, and Devin Booker's on the cover. I'm like, I need to get this game. And Ke- Kevin Durant's on the team now. Like, I just want to play with that on a video game. So I got 2K. I'm going to be playing that the next couple of days in preparation for Kevin Durant being here just because I'm so goddamn excited. I'm so goddamn excited that Kevin Durant's getting ready to start here as well as everyone is, it yeah. is as well. And, and that's the challenge that you and I have both had over these past four games for the Phoenix Suns since they've acquired Kevin Durant is trying to sit here and talk about this when you know that like your whole world's going to change in just a couple days where everything that you're trying to 
pick apart and analyze, you know that the it, it all is a moot point because when you add in a guy, check this out, Kevin Durant, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jamsters, but Kevin Durant in his career, his career has averaged 27.3 points per game. The highest scoring average in one season for the Phoenix Suns was I think 89-90, Tom Chambers, it was 27.2. This dude's done it for his entire fucking career. That just goes to tell you. Like, he's outscored the best Phoenix Suns guy in his entire career. And, like, that's being plugged in. So, we're it's, again, we're excited to have Kevin Durant come. We're obviously going to be coming to you live following that game against Charlotte, early game. Again, 5 o'clock Arizona time, so it'll be right around 7.30 when we go live. What do you expect from KD? How many minutes do you think he like how long is it going to be? Like that's the thing is we're so excited for this, and we have it's like if he goes out and he plays twenty minutes, we have to be ready for that, right? Yeah, I was going to say twenty minutes, um, but anything's good because we know it's going to be a process, but it has to start this Wednesday. Like you can't wait another week. I don't feel like I feel like twenty no. games. You need twenty games. You need fifteen, yes. twenty games to get this going before the playoffs start. No matter how good he is, I just that's how, that would make me feel good. Obviously, when they get on the floor, it'll probably be easier than what we think. But for right now, it's like I want to see him for twenty games. He's amazing. Would they say top 15 player of all time? He might be yeah. top 10 when he's done. You just might think be. like if he takes this team to win a championship and they win it all with Kevin Durant for his legacy, that's huge. That puts him top 10 for sure. Obviously in the future for Suns players or for guys that want to come to Phoenix, they're like, you know what? I want to fall in the footsteps of Devin Booker and Kevin Durant that played here for the Phoenix Suns. That's just huge for us for a franchise. Hopefully he comes back healthy. He can finish out the season and we'll see where it goes from there. But I'm thinking 20 minutes for sure. I think you're about right. I think 20 to 24 minutes is what we'll see from Kevin Durant, especially because you're playing the Charlotte Hornets. And in theory, it should be a game that you have it in hand and your second team unit can probably play pretty well against their first team unit. So you get them out there, you get them integrated into this office a little bit, and then we just go from there again. The Bulls on Friday and then Dallas next Sunday. That's a big one. I think it's all leading up to kind of that KD versus Kyrie, which could be a great yeah. game next Sunday. Yep, yeah, dude, I'm I'm excited. I I love these Sunday games. I do. Everyone's <laughs> like, "Well, it's early." It's like you take up your day. It's like, "Well, you know what? I'm, I don't really have kids. I don't, you know, I don't have much of a, you know, I'm getting ready to life, go to Lowe's, you know I mean, man. Dude? I know you do, but it's like I love Sunday basketball, man. I just I love it during it's the that day. time of year, man, where we start to get these early games, and the Suns are right there in the middle of it. So there's, I, I like it too. I definitely I love like Hubie Brown. Too. I love you. Bring them back. I love I it. Love always love them. I love you, Hoobie Brown. So on that note, Jamsters, we're going to ho- go ahead and get out of here. Again, a reminder to subscribe, rate, review, hit that thumbs up button, and uh, make sure you follow the show at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can follow me at Darth Void and see my writing on Bright Side of the Sun. You can follow Matthew. At Matthew Lissy. And uh, that's it. Let's call it a game. We'll see you on Wednesday. Yeah, go home and love your family. Or go to Lowe's and then go to Fry's, and then you go to... <laughs>